So today we're starting a new series called Learning to Walk in the Dark. You know, this year, this year has been a really different year, a really dark year. Uh, and right now we're in one of the darkest seasons, the darkest season of the whole year. Where the days are the shortest and the nights are the longest. And a lot of what is driving us right now, what's giving so many people hope, is uh, Christmas. Right? The lights, you see the lights behind me? The lights, the, the decorations that we get to put up. And it, it makes me think... <laughs> That there are people, and you know this, there are people like in this image who always do this the day after Halloween. Right, that's like, do we have that clip? There we go. I can't believe Halloween is over. I can't wait to get this costume off. Boop, and they go right to Christmas, right? <laughs> Christmas tree, Christmas tree outfit. Um, and I mean, the first week in November, I saw somebody who was wearing this sweatshirt and this is actually a Christmas sweatshirt from the movie Elf. And it says, hey, buddy, bye, buddy, hope you find your dad. Right? And I thought, it's the first week of November. What are you wearing a Christmas sweater for? And by the way, that person was my wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> because, well, it's the first week of November. We, we're ready for it, right? And I kind of get that people are ready for it. So much so that I didn't hear anybody complaining this year when Christmas decorations went up really early in stores, because they always go up early in stores. And when that happens, we realize, oh, there are really only two kinds of people in the world. <laughs> the people who get so excited and the people who are like, here it comes, here we go. <laughs> but this year, I'm not sure there was anyone who went, here we go, to decorate. I, th I think everyone was ready. And, and I'm, uh, Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. Uh, followed by St. Patrick's Day and then April Fool's. So heads up, come April 1st, you know my favorite holiday now. Uh, but I was okay with it. You know, I get it. I get why we needed to push because it's been a tough year. It's been, in so many ways, a dark year. And what better to light up the darkness than Christmas? It's where our hope is. It's where we're waiting for the birth of Christ. It brings us joy. In the midst of the darkness, this is what we're waiting on. We're waiting for God to show up. And this is what the Israelites are experiencing in our text today, that Moses had led them out of the promised land. They led them to, it was leading them to the promised land out of Egypt. And they come to the mountain of God called Mount Sinai. And it's there they experience God and experience God's presence. And what happens is there's fire that comes off the mountain. There's smoke. There's a horn that's blasting. They see lightning and hear thunder. All these things are happening. And as we read this, I, I want you to pay attention to how the Israelites are feeling. How do they respond to these things that are happening? So this comes from Exodus chapter 20. When all the people witnessed the thunder and lightning, the sound of the horn and the mountain smoking, the people shook with fear and stood at a distance. They said to Moses, you speak to us and we'll listen, but don't let God speak to us or we'll die. And Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. Because God has come only to test you and make sure you are always in awe of God so that you don't sin. The people stood at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness in which God was present. May God add a blessing to the hearing, the reading, and the living out of this scripture. So did you notice uh, how, how the Israelites responded? They, they were terrified, right? And, and they're terrified. And I think uh, just a brief reading and glance over the text says, oh yeah, they're scared of the thunder and the lightning and the smoke and the sound of the horns and all these things happen. Yeah, I think all that's true. But I think the thing that magnified all that, I think the thing that made them really afraid was the thick darkness. Right? They said to Moses, you, you go talk to God. We're not going to do it. And they, they forced Moses to walk into the darkness. You know, 
We've all probably forced somebody to go in the attic for us or under the crawl space or into the woods where it's dark because the ball went there. Right? This is this is saying, I, I don't want to go into the dark. And it seems silly to say as adults, we're scared of the dark. Oh, that's for children. Children are scared of the dark. Adults, we're not supposed to be afraid. But there's something in us, I think, I think that just makes us wary and a little uncertain. A couple of weeks ago, I, was, uh, I woke up, you know, we had this big storm that came through our county. And uh, when I woke up, it was just pouring rain, so much rain that I could barely see out of the windows of my house. And I would normally take the dog on a walk in the morning, but I decided because it was raining so bad, I just walked by myself. So I grabbed my rain jacket and put it on. I put my boots on and uh, headed out the door and I walked out and it was a warm rain. I thought, oh, warm. I love the rain. I love the rain. So I just took my hood off and I went walking down the street and I started out. Um, I'm doing a little walking prayer that I do sometimes, and, uh, but then I just started having too much fun uh, in the rain, and I came up to this grate that was in the street, and just off to the side, and there were these leaves that had bunched up on either end of the grate, and all the water had backed up, and there's just this little trickle of water making it through the leaves and going down. And I said, oh man, someone's got to free all this water. You got to release it. You know, so I run over there. I'm like, open up the dam. This is, this is what I do in my free time. I play with, my, play with my imagination. Open up the dam. And I'm like releasing all the water. And it's pouring down rain, of course. And all of a sudden, the water just, it's like the floodgates open. It's just, and it rushes into this drain. And then I'm st standing there and I realize, probably look really strange right now, just walking in the rain, playing with these leaves with my hood off. It's just pouring rain, walking down the street. And uh, apparently I did look really strange because just a couple minutes later, the cops showed up. <laughs> and they pull up to me and uh, the officer rolls down the window and says, hey, are you okay? We got a phone call. And someone was just worried about you. They wanted us to check on you. Um, and so that is code <laughs> for... Someone's scared of you, and we need to make sure you're okay. And so I told them, oh, no, yeah, I'm doing fine. I go on this walk all the time. I live in the neighborhood right here. I just wanted to enjoy the rain. Thanks so much for checking on me. You know, we talked in part of ways, and I started walking back to the house, and I thought, oh, man. I wonder if someone, I wonder if someone thought this was like a, a classic movie, you know, where Joel was depressed or something. Uh, and later on, I found out, no, that wasn't it, that the actual call that went into the police station was... There's a scary man with a beard walking through the street. And I thought, well, at least they recognized the beard. You know, shout out to the beard. Awesome. But I get it. It was dark. Not really, but it was gloomy. And it was raining. And, and gloomy and rain, it makes it feel dark. And it makes us feel a little uncertain and a little scared and a little wary of what's happening. So, of course, when you see someone walking down the street in the rain with their hood off, yeah, okay. We get a little scared because that's, that's what happens. And we don't feel that way in the light for some reason. It's just the darkness seems to do this to us. I don't know if that's, we're born with this. I don't know if we learn this. But somewhere along the way, we pick up light is good and dark is bad. Light is good and dark is bad. So much so that when we go to bed, right, at night, uh, people have night lights or people leave lights on in their homes. Just a little bit of light makes us feel more safe. This is why we put up Christmas decorations, right? Oh, yeah, a little bit of light in the darkness. I don't know how we came to that conclusion, but criminologists have actually been studying the effects of light and dark and, and crime over, the, over decades, probably the last 30 or 40 years. And so let me just tell you a couple things that they've learned. And there was a study done in London uh, from the 1980s that found that better street lighting did not mean less crime. 
Then in 1997, here in the United States, the National Institute of Justice made a report to Congress, and this is what they said. They said, we can have very little confidence that improved lighting prevents crime, particularly since we do not know if offenders use lighting to their advantage. Meaning, the light may actually increase crime. And this is what Chicago found that one year later in 1998, that the um, streets and sanitation went ahead and they took light bulbs and adjusted them in alleyways. They were 90 watts and they moved them to 250 watts. And a few months later, they came in and did a survey and evaluated, well, what, what's changed? And this is what they found. They found that violent crime had increased 14%, property crimes had increased 20%, and substance abuse violations had increased 51% after they had switched from 90-watt bulbs to 250-watt bulbs. So you could read those stats in a couple ways, or at least, right? You could say, okay, so the lighting increases the crime. The other way you could read it is, well, the lighting just, increased lighting just revealed what was already happening. Either way, what, what we see is more light didn't mean less bad things happen. More light didn't mean less crime. So in 2008, they, there was a review done of 13 published studies on lighting and crime. And what they found uh, was mixed evidence. Studies in the U.S. showed little to no effect that more lighting reduced crime. But over in Britain, more lighting seemed to reduce crime a little bit. So mixed reviews there. And then uh, more recently in 2015, there was a study done in England and Wales. And they found that no evidence that dimming or turning off streetlights at night affected crime rates or vehicle accidents. In fact, it turned up some weak evidence that dimming lights was connected to the overall reduction of crime and accidents. That dimming the lights, having less light, actually may lead to less crime and less car accidents. Isn't that crazy? So where do we get this idea that, that light is safe, that light is good, that light fixes things and darkness is bad. I don't know, and, and maybe you don't even believe these studies that I told you, that you're going to have to go look them up for yourself, right? And maybe, maybe we believe them up here, but we don't believe them here in our body. Last year, Dan and I went to Statesville, and we parked, and we went to go eat this restaurant one night, and we had to walk through this alley, and I had to go back to the car to pick something up, and I came back to the alley, and I went, oh, oh no, hold on, it's dark, <laughs> and I'm alone. And I knew all these stats. I already knew all this. And so what did I do? I just went and walked my way through the alley because even though my mind knew it, my body was saying something about darkness. Something about darkness is scary. Something about darkness is uncertain. And I don't know why we do that. That we always go, if it's dark, uh, something bad must be happening. It's never anything good, you know? There's always a monster under your bed. It's never a little puppy that broke into your house and got under there, right? It's always someone's in the attic. It's never a, a box fell over. Right? We, we go to the worst. It's something about the possibilities that are always negative when it comes to the dark. But darkness is also a very beautiful thing, if you think about it, uh, that... that you go outside and you look at the stars, you see the stars best when there's no light around. You want to watch a meteor shower, you go find a place that's pitch black that you can see up into the sky and enjoy it because it's beautiful and, and the light ruins it. I know for a fact that playing capture the flag is better in the dark. Right? They're, they're hide and seek. It's fun in the dark. Right? There are things we enjoy. And think back to when you were a kid. 
Remember what it was like to be in the dark? Remember what it was like to have a sleepover with friends? It's like the best conversations happened at a sleepover. Even now when you're an adult, sometimes the best conversation, the conversations where you have like a heart-to-heart and you really open up to each other, it's around like a campfire at night. It's in the car driving at night. You could be together during the day and, and all of a sudden it becomes night and everything seems to just shift in us. I remember a few years ago I was leading a, a midnight Christmas Eve service. And something about a, a service at night is just different. And a guy came up and told me afterwards, he said, you know, I, I was here and I saw someone in the congregation who I've had issues with for a long time, where I just couldn't forgive them. They hurt me and I couldn't forgive them. And I see them every week. And for some reason tonight, when I saw them, my heart just broke open. And I had compassion for them and I was able to forgive them. I don't know if it was the night I don't know if it was because I was tired. I don't know what it was, but something changed and shifted in me. And this is what the darkness can do. That just like the moon changes the tide of the ocean, the ebb and the flow, the darkness shifts and changes things in us. Cracks us open, wakes us up, makes us more aware of what's happening. If we will let it, if we will recognize there's beauty in the darkness too. This is what the Israelites couldn't do in our text. They could only focus on the negative. They could only focus on the fear that was driving them. And so they sent Moses into that thick darkness and they missed out on everything beautiful. This is where Moses has his most intense experience of God, where he sees God face to face in the thick darkness. And a lot of times in scripture, we, we highlight all the things about light. Jesus, the light of the world. Right? All these texts, we pull out things that focus on light, but the Bible's full of images of God present in darkness. Think about the story of Abraham, where God takes Abraham out and says, look at the sky, all your descendants will number more than the stars. And in the night, he blesses him. Think about the story of Jacob. He wrestles with God in the dark, and God blesses him. I think of Psalm 139, um, and it talks about God being present everywhere, even in death. And I love this in verse 12. It says, even then the darkness isn't too dark for you. Nighttime would shine bright as day because darkness is the same as light to you. Darkness is the same as light to God. What, what does that even mean to say darkness is the same as light? Because we think light is so beautiful and wonderful and such a gift. And this writer of this psalm says, guess what? Darkness is the same thing to God. And then I think, I think of maybe the, one of the most familiar passages of Scripture is our opening passage in Genesis. And this is what it says. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. That before there was light, before there was anything, it was all dark and God was present in the darkness. That God is the God of both the light and the dark. That there is no God shining in all lights and that's all that's around God. That how the Bible begins is God in darkness and God creates in the midst of the darkness. And then we see God blesses in the darkness. And then we see God shows up most intensely and fully to Moses in the darkness. And we see that Jesus is resurrected in the darkness, and, we, and then we celebrate Christmas in the darkness. And a lot of times we think Christmas is celebrated in the darkness because we need hope and we need light. 
What if Christmas is celebrated in the darkness? The birth of Christ is celebrated in the darkness because that is where God shows up most fully. In the night. We light our candles, and a lot of times we use language, things like uh, the light to drive out the darkness. I, I get that language, and I think it's beautiful, and I also get language that would shape and shift and change and say, we light this candle to reveal how God is present in the darkness. We light this candle to see the beauty in the midst of the darkness. We light this candle to see how Christ is present here in the deepest, darkest moments. Because darkness isn't always our enemy. Darkness isn't always a bad thing. That darkness is also a gift. That's something so important to realize. And, and I could tell you story after story after story of people who that's where they've experienced God. When they've lost someone they loved. When they went through a health crisis. When they're struggling to make ends meet. It's always, it always seems to be in the darkness that God is most fully present. Don't knock it. Don't, don't forget it. Don't write it off. That learning to walk in the dark is first about recognizing the dark as a gift as well. Doesn't mean it's always pain-free. Doesn't mean it's always easy. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Yeah, all those things come with it. All those things come with it. But guess what? It shows up in the light too. You ever try and look at the sun? <laughs> that hurts too, doesn't it? It blinds your eyes. That, yeah. Even the darkness is like light to God present in it all. This is why you hear me say things like the worst thing is never the last thing or everything will be all right in the end. If it's not all right, it's not the end. Because, not because I think in the end everything's going to be light and bright and we're going to break our way through the darkness, but because I think God is always present in the darkness and has always been present in the darkness from the very beginning. That God's in it all, so it will all be all right no matter what. You know, when I was getting stopped by the police for, for being scary with a beard, um, there was a flood that was happening at the Hidden Night family campground. A flood that wiped out these homes, a flood that took lives, a, a flood that changed lives forever. And since then, our community in so many ways has stepped up and cared for these families and these individuals and blessed them and been a gift to them. And, uh, and we as a church have had an opportunity to partner with the mobile cafe and bring lunches up to the families that are staying in the hotel right now. And many of you have, have helped in so many ways by driving the lunches up there. The youth earlier this week packed lunches for this weekend because the mobile cafe isn't open over the weekends. And um, Danny and I wanted to help too. So one day we drove lunches up to the hotel. And we dropped off the lunches and I came back out and I noticed there were two people sitting outside on a couple benches. And I just said, hey, hope you guys are doing all right. Good to see you and chatting. And I uh, came to find out there were a couple of families from the campground. So we started talking and they said, hey, are you from that church that's been, that's been bringing us food? And I said, oh yeah, yeah, I'm from the church that's bringing you guys food. And they said, we are just so grateful. And then one of the men looked at me and he said, I have never been cared for in my entire life like complete strangers have cared for me right now. I have never experienced this love that I'm experiencing now. And as I got back in the car, I thought, is there beauty in the darkness? 
Does God show up in the darkness in some way and crack us open? Crack us open to have compassion and care and love for others. Crack us open to receive the gifts that God's pouring out in our lives, even in the midst of the pain and the hurt and the struggle. The darkness has something to teach us and show us and gift us with. I think of one of uh, Mary Oliver's poems that really has, has stuck with me over the years. And I, you know, honestly, I don't even know if I can say it right. Um, she says, someone I once loved gave me a box of darkness. It took me years to learn that this too was a gift. That for Moses, even, Moses is the image for us. Moses shows us a pattern that we all go through. That when he first encounters God, he encounters God in a burning bush. It's all light. God's bright. And then the next time we see him encountering God is when they're leaving Egypt. And God is a a cloud by day and a fire by night. And all of a sudden, God shifted from all light to something not real clear and bright. And something bright. And the third time Moses encounters God is in thick darkness. that we learn and grow. And as we do, we find God in deeper and deeper darkness. We find God is present there, and God has always been there. And in doing so, we learn to walk in this dark. We learn to see there's beauty even in the midst of this. And so as you decorate for Christmas, as you put more uh, lights on your trees, or as light bulbs go out and you change things, or I'm sure you're all decorated already, um, remember, You're putting up decorations and and you're putting up lights not to drive out the darkness, but to make the dark more beautiful, to see the beauty in the darkness. Because what would Christmas decorations be in the light of day? Nowhere near as beautiful as at night. And so may we trust that God is there offering us hope in the midst of these difficult times and may we learn to walk in the dark and see the beauty in it. I'm gonna invite you to take your hands and put them palms up. And you can put them on your lap and and let's say a prayer together. God, we are so grateful for the ways you work and move. So grateful for how you are present even in thick darkness, the deepest, darkest moments of our lives, that you're still there working, blessing and resurrecting and offering hope and showing us that there's even beauty in this. And so where we're struggling in that, remind us, to have grace for ourselves, that yes, it is difficult and it is hard and it is painful, but teach us to see how you are present, even in the midst of this great gift of the darkness. We offer this prayer in the prayer of our hearts to you through Christ. Amen.